out here on the street corner. Welcome everybody to Take Him With You, episode number 179 for July 8th, 2012. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. I'm playing a little hip hop for you. What do you think? It's not bad. I, I didn't think I liked hip hop, but this isn't too obnoxious. That's kind of yeah, thanks. It's pretty good. Yeah. Did you write this? Yeah, for a oh. client. Oh well, I'm glad I said it wasn't bad then. Here, let's do our real intro. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Take Him With You. It's going to be a great day. Today we're going to be talking with author Sandra Bird. My wife is one of her favorite authors, so it should be fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. We had a great interview with her and we'll play it for you. Oh, plus uh, what's going on around our house, a worship song that I wrote that you can hear, and more. I love that part of this song. Okay. You don't like that? That's Those no, are the cool parts of songs. Yeah, well, I always yeah. look for the cool parts of songs. Well, yeah. You got to remember, I was the one that used to take a nap during the, the like, drum and guitar solos at Yeah, we would concerts. go to concerts and stuff, and she wouldn't. Uh, I wasn't really into the music as much as I was the message. I like the word, you know, sappy. Typical. Sappy words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're my sappy wife. Yep. And I sing sappy love songs. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not not a lot. I got hired once to do a sappy love song. Yeah. You've sung a lot of sappy love songs. Thanks. And I've I, even sung country, everybody. I have to say, though, that... that I cross my heart and promise to... Do all the things that something, something in all the world you'll never find a love as true as mine. What do you think? Um, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I do like it when you play the piano for me. You don't do that very often, though. But I like it when you just like play pretty music. Now you have kind of a different thing going on there. Nature sounds and stuff in the background. I'm working on a meditation song. Mm. I like just playing grand piano. It's pretty. I'm actually on a project right now for um, a lady in Australia. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I got one of the songs done this week. And uh, that's another one I'm working on right there. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. She was very happy with it. She liked it a lot. She's going to use it in her yoga class. Okay. Yeah. Pretty cool, huh? I guess so. (laughs) You're you're not so sure about all the meditation music that I do anymore, huh? Well, you know. It's just a little bit off course from what I've done in the past. That's all. But you're going to play a worship song that you did, that you wrote last week. Well, I know some people say, well, if you're a believer and everything, you shouldn't be messing with that meditation. Well, you know what? Meditation is actually from the Bible. Psalms chapter 19, it says that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing Ooh, but it's you, bad God. for you. Meditations are bad. Well, I think they? it depends on what you meditate on. <laughs> I'm being facetious. <laughs> That's my new word today, facetious. facetious. Yeah. Everybody say it together, facetious. Another scripture I'm going to throw out is Philippians chapter Why would four? you ever throw out a scripture? That is so well, sad. Present, Aren't you not supposed to like change it? or Behave yourself. Mm. Another scripture I'm going to present is <laughs> Philippians chapter 4. Um, not, I'm not going to quote the whole chapter, but it says... You're just the quoting machine. And why are you always, always already starting out with scriptures? Man, you're just well, going. it just says go, that, go, go. that you should have your thoughts on things that are good and true and and just and praiseworthy. And anyway, it's a good chapter. Philippians chapter 4. Read it if you have time. Um, you can Google it. 
But they're listening to our podcast right now. Well, as soon as you're done. So, so my wife just. Here we go. You ready? You're facetious. You're facetious. What rhymes with facetious? We're not going to go there. You need to just turn this off, and we're going to do our podcast now. I like this. That's a cool program that I use um, called um, Alchemy. Watch this. That's called didgeridoo bass. Or There's just tons of different things I can play with on this. Now, it's called alchemy. So does that mean that you're trying to make the elixir of life and turn bass non-metals into gold? Or not... Not, I mean, non-gold into Hey, gold. Amy. What? Don't be facetious. You can't be facetious. I don't know how to rhyme anything with facetious. I w- facetious. Okay, let's let's do our podcast now. Facetious. I just, there's nothing I can rhyme with a facetious. Well, if you can rhyme something, write to us. Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com. That'd be great. Okay. This is what I, this is what I live with. Living with such a, a right Don't be so creative. facetious. Man, do you even know what facetious means? Well, I did this morning. <laughs> did you forget? Well, it's kind of... Isn't facetious meaning like making fun of it or being sarcastic about something facetious? Uh, I think I would Google that if I were you or, you know, look it up. You Google everything. Yeah. You're I a do. Google maniac. A do Google maniac. you spell facetious? You're a brainiac. A Google maniac. Facetious. Dictionary.com. Facetious. Facism. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Treating serious issues with deliberately inappropriate humor. Flippant. So you're saying I'm facetious? I guess I'm more facetious than you are. I would think so. Mm. Mm-hmm. How about I'm non-facetious? Non-facetious. <laughs> that would rhyme. <laughs> you're facetious. I'm non-facetious. <laughs> oh, we need to really do our podcast. Now. I got it. I got it. I looked it up. Okay. Ready? This is great. This is actually the beat Did that I use for... Did you actually Google words you, that rhyme with yeah, facetious? Yeah, yeah, ready? <laughs> I just had them, too. Where'd they go? Oh, man. I had them sitting right here. Things that rhyme with facetious. Mm-hmm. Should it also make sense? Grievous. Jesus. Rhesus. Thesis. Prothesis, psychokinesis. That's facetious. <laughs> okay. That's. Do you notice that that beat is to the? Uh, that's the opener for the UMB podcast with Joe. Yeah, from Canada. Okay. Oh, and that's mercy. the lawnmower from the neighbor. Everybody, hey, it's it's a typical take him with you. We'll be right back after these messages from uh, our good friends. Hi, we're the Trekmate Podcast. Join us each week for the latest Star Trek news, in-depth discussions, and some pretty cool guests. And as you will soon find out, we're a podcast that loves to play games. So join us each week for trivia and competitions galore, where you'll be able to win real prizes. Find us at trekmates.org.uk, or on iTunes, Stitcher, and where all cool podcasts are available. Program complete. Enter when ready. Enter when ready. That's our friend Wayne right there that wrote into the podcast last week. That's very cool. Yeah, and we heard back from Wayne. Wayne, thank you for listening to our program, and uh, thanks for uh, keeping an open mind. He said that we had a very nice, honest answer. So anybody that would like to listen to our last week's podcast, you sure can, Mm -hmm. where we addressed um, a, a rather serious question from our friend Wayne from the U.K., you can listen to our podcast on YouTube. Not YouTube. You can't listen to our Not podcast YouTube. on YouTube. Did um, you just say that? I did. It, iTunes is what I meant to say. On YouTube? <laughs> iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Stitcher. Or, Stitcher is so or cool. Or takehimwithyou.com. Did you know that Stitcher has a lot of our friends on it? 
Stitcher, yes. Smart Radio. We, we've talked about that just about every week. We're supposed to since we're, see, see that's oh. my masked way of doing because they are sponsoring our podcast. Stitcher Radio sponsoring our podcast. Well, they don't sponsor it, but they play it on their network, and so we're supposed to talk about them. Oh, okay. you didn't know that? No, I had that's no why clue. I bring it up every single week. It's not because I'm trying to be pesky. Oh, okay, but yeah, it Stitcher, is, it Smart is quite Radio, handy, and a lot of our friends, if you um, are also that we play on promos on our podcast, Have are their, also yeah. on Stitcher. So if you hear one a little promo that you like. You can find Check them, them out on Stitcher, Radio. Stitcher Smart Radio at Stitcher.com. And one nice thing about Stitcher is... They're not facetious. You can you can have your favorites, and when you're out mowing the lawn or driving somewhere, you can just say, play all of your favorites, and it'll just go through all the newest podcasts of all your favorites. And play all your favorites. Yeah. We're, and if, you, if we're in there, we'll play right over your phone or right over your stereo or right over your iPod or right over whatever. And we'll stream and not take up any of your hard drive space. Yeah, that's we're nice. We're nice, aren't we? Because my phone gets full real fast with yeah. all my audiobooks. It does. So, and podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Lots of things going on this week mm -hmm. uh, at our house. Uh, plus, we got that great interview coming up. What happened with you? What happened with me... Um, well, we had a busy but a little bit mellow week. Um, we ended up just staying home on the 4th of July because, um, Nathan and Ivy, our oldest kids, were at the, her house, her family's, and had a bunch of college friends down. Mm -hmm. And Catherine worked out at Westport at the coffee shop she works at and then ended up, um, staying with some friends and and having a good time at the beach with yeah. friends because we didn't want her driving home with all the intoxicated drivers on the highway. Yeah, because you're convinced everybody's drinking. Not everyone, but I, you know, I know Northwest Washington and there's a lot of drinking going on. So not everyone, but there's quite a bit. And then they're driving. She actually told me that she had to pass someone the other day because they were going like 35 in a 55 and they were swerving all over. Yeah. And so she actually passed them so that she could actually get home. So, you know, we don't know 100% whether they were drinking, but it seemed like it was probable that something was going on that they weren't driving correctly. Oh, guess what? What? Today, well, when we're recording... Uh -huh. It's a very special day. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Joyce. Happy birthday to you. Joyce from Tales of the Bass House. It's her birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, to you. Happy birthday, dear Joyce. Happy birthday to you. Please keep listening because we're not usually this horrible of singers. Are you kidding? I always am. Happy birthday, dear Joyce. Happy birthday. Thanks for all the cool podcasts, and I think your husband's cool too, and Kate, happy birthday! Happy birthday, Joyce. Oh, um, I'll take the reverb off my voice now. What'd you think? Well, you know, it was unique. I hopefully she'll listen to our podcast again <laughs> after that. Yeah, happy birthday, Joyce. Congratulations on another year on this planet. We don't usually yeah. sing happy birthday to people on the thing, but I thought it'd be fun because well, Joyce is cool. Yeah. I listened to all her, their Lost Flight 18, 815 podcast, and I, I listened to Tales of the Mouse Tales House. Tales of the Mouse House. And they have several, and just because. Mm -hmm. And they also have the Amazing Race podcast, mm -hmm. Fast Forward podcast, and then Al does the, the MASH 4077 podcast. They are podcasting maniacs. They are. Mm -hmm. They are. Yeah. They're addicts. You addicts, you guys should go to a program. <laughs> For Podcasters Anonymous. Huh? Hi, my name is Joyce. My, na my name is Al, and I'm addicted to podcasting. Hello, Al. <laughs> okay. So, what did you do this week? 
we're still on what's happening at the Warriors. Oh my house. gosh, I had such a busy week; it was crazy. Mm-hmm. I was, I, you know, I've got a brand new project that I'm working on for Stefan Sonak over in Australia. Mm-hmm. He's doing a brand new audio um, um, presentation, and I'm doing the the editing and the music and the sound effects for it. Mm-hmm. So that keeps me busy. I've also been composing music for other things as well, and. Uh, I've also got uh, a couple other things that I'm working on. Plus, I'm uh, I've been leading some music at church lately. That's been kind of fun. And as soon as we're done with this podcast, I get to clean my house because I've been gone all week, and we're having a couple over for dinner that you are doing their wedding ceremony for them in a month or two. Yeah. And we're doing a little preparation for that. That's true. It was so funny. Last Sunday morning, I was getting... Uh, so our church doesn't start till 11 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so I was up really late working a bunch on Saturday. So I didn't get a chance to get the music ready for what I was going to lead that morning. So I was doing it early in the morning on Sunday. And I was looking for this particular song called Rain Down. And I couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find my notebook anywhere. So I just wrote one. Yeah. And so uh, here it is. This is the song I did in church on Sunday, and you guys can enjoy it. It's called Rain Down.
there you go. Rain down. What do you think? I liked it. You know, you didn't tell us Sunday that you wrote it. And we were just all singing away, enjoying the song. <laughs> no one knew that you wrote it on Sunday. Oh, yeah, that looks good. You know, you're singing a worship song to God and you get up and go, by the way, <laughs> I wrote this song. <laughs> Praise me while I sing, would you? <laughs> no. No, I don't think so. Yeah. No, you know, so yeah, I've, good. you know what? I write songs so much now. I never thought that I would be writing so much, but mm-hmm. I write, I'm, I have to have written probably hundreds of songs so far. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, but that's what I do now. So, you know, that's how it works. But I have been working on my artwork too, getting ready for a big art show coming up on the 28th. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, been um, putting together, uh, Andrew uh, helped me yesterday cut the, the, um, masonite for the back of the pictures that go in and seal the pictures up and now i've got to put hangers on them all and have quite a few uh pieces of art ready to sell at the art walk and show off and thus and is guess what why i need to do so much cleaning up as soon as the podcast is done because <laughs> you've been in your creative mode guess what what i got accepted to the fall gala yeah, on my birthday. On your birthday, I'm going to have an art display at, at the college here, the local college, along with many other artists. You but know? you had to apply and mm-hmm. go through a jury process. I got critiqued and everything on my artwork. Do you know what day of the week that is? Uh, I don't have any idea. Mm. But I got critiqued and told some people liked it, some people didn't, my artwork. And, and that's how art is. What? That's how art is. I never, you you know know what, quite honestly, I've never even worried about somebody critiquing my artwork. I don't do it for that. Well, you just figure if they like it and they have money, they'll buy it. And if they don't like it or they don't have money, they won't buy it. (laughs) It's not that big a deal. (laughs) I think my photography to me isn't, um, it's not like, you know, in voiceover stuff, you can get better at things. Mm-hmm. Not that you can't get better at photography. I'm not saying that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that's not the reason I'm doing it, if that makes sense. I'm, it's more of an expression of what I see, and I want to share that with people. Mm-hmm. M- music is sometimes like that, but sometimes, you know, doing commercial music like I do, sometimes you have to do it for other people. So it's not always what you like. Right. And so you, it's what, and, and whatever the client wants. So it's important. I don't mind critique, critique and criticism in, in that area. But it was really weird reading stuff about my artwork that I, dev, I just don't, um, I didn't even think about it. It just never occurred to me that you, that someone could critique it and then you would, you know, improve it. And I thought, wow. And their suggestions were good. There was a couple of really good suggestions and some that I thought, whatever, you missed the point. But that's how it works. Well, and people like different things. Like, you know, one of your pieces is all of rusty metal. Right. And, you know, some people go, wow, that is so cool. And other people go, "Um, I would never put that on my wall. Yeah. And other people like, wow, I have to get that. That's so awesome. You know, so it's it's truly subjective, whatever you like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've been busy doing that, too. And then I've got a photo- or a uh, wedding to shoot coming up on the 21st. You're not actually going to shoot the wedding. You're going to take pictures of it, right? That's what they call shooting a wedding. You're being <laughs> facetious. Oh, I was. I was. I'm going to start my song again. No, 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 no. That's okay. So um, There's a monkey recess. You're being facetious. Can I eat my recess? Reese's. You need Jesus. <laughs> You're, now you're being facetious again, aren't you? No, I'm not. <laughs> we all need Jesus. We all need help. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we were supposed to be talking about the Noah pro- thing today, mm-hmm. but we're postponing that till next week. We're it's- taking a break because um, a f- Facebook friend and an author that I admire um, was able to get together with us this week. Yeah, so, so next week. Next week, if you want to find out what happened after the ark landed on Mount Ararat, mm-hmm. then you're going to need to tune in and we'll tell the actual story from the Bible, factual accounts, ladies and gentlemen. Well, from uh, you know from the Bible's point of view on what actually happened after the boat, the big boat, came to rest on the Mount of Ararat. Mm-hmm. You get to see what happened afterwards. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, you don't usually hear about that. Mm-hmm. No. Nope. What did the animals come out two by two? Hurrah! Hurrah! The little one stopped to tie his shoe, and they all went marching. 
marching on. I think you've got some songs mixed up. Those are ants. Yeah. In the rain. Yes. So, so can we do our interview now? You really, you just don't want to talk anymore, do you? Um, we've gone 25 minutes on just little, little, little kind of goofy stuff. On what? Goofy stuff. No, say it again for me. No. Flub, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> No. All right. Well, I guess we should stop doing our. We'll be right back with an interview with Sandra Bird, author Sandra Bird, on the Taken With You podcast right after this. On September 22, 2004, Oceanic Flight 815 left Sydney, Australia, bound for Los Angeles, and crashed on a remote and mysterious island somewhere in the South Pacific. The survivors quickly realized this was no ordinary island. The groundbreaking Emmy Award-winning drama Lost ran on ABC television from September 22, 2004 to May 23, 2010 and remains to this day one of the greatest television series of all time. Relive every moment of this amazing series as we reopen the hatch and take you deep inside each episode of this epic series. My name is Joyce. And I'm Al. And on our show, Lost Flight 815, We'll cover each episode of this immensely popular series in a unique way. We'll watch the show as we record and share our thoughts and lost facts while you listen to the episode with us. So tune in to the Lost 815 podcast and visit us on the web at www.lostflight815.com and relive one of the greatest shows of all time. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at LostFlight815. Ooh, cool podcast. I've listened to them all so far. There's three of them out, mm-hmm. and they're really good. Probably four by now. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. So while we were, the promo was playing, you are talking about ideas for future, future Take Him With You podcasts, and you were talking about Twilight. You've been listening <laughs> to the Twilight series? Well, are you kidding me? My, my daughter has read all the books, and um, so she actually put on hold for me the audiobooks to listen to um, in my car when I'm driving back and forth to jobs because I'm on the road at least 10 hours a, a week for work. So I've been listening to the audiobooks wow. and um, and I thought, you know, really, apart from the whole, you know, blood-sucking vampire part, there's a lot of really good spiritual questions that are brought up in Twilight. So I thought we so could talk So what you're about saying this. is we could really sink our teeth into this... <laughs> I thought we could we could talk about the spiritual questions that Twilight brings up, you know, like okay, so it's kind of right. interesting. All right, yeah. Thank you, thank <laughs> thank you for uh, bringing not, that not, up. Not thank you, no. Okay, no. Okay, so we're going to play an interview now with somebody that um, that uh, you are friends with, not only on Facebook, but uh, now you've met her I've on Skype her. and talked yeah. to her. Uh, somebody that you really admire and have read quite a few of her books. Who are yeah. we going to be talking with and why do you like her books? Sandra Bird is her name. And um, my daughter, Catherine, I was wanting to have her do a few um, kind of book reviews today or reports today. But she ended up going into work about the time we were starting the podcast. So that's not going to work for this week. But Catherine, I think, has read just about every one of Sandra's books that she's written for teens Mm -hmm. and really enjoyed them. And both Catherine, my mother, and I have all read the French Twist series, which was kind of a contemporary Christian fiction for... You know, I guess it's probably aimed at 20, 30-somethings, but both, you know, my mom in her 80s and myself um, and my daughter all like them. My mom was in her 80s, and I'm not saying how old I am. Um, Uh, I just wondered. So, you know, three generations all enjoyed them. I know how old you are. Shh, you're older. um, By a year and one week. (laughs) So, but then this last series um, that she's been doing is a historical fiction series, and, um, Not a hysterical one. That's different. Yeah. That would be a comedy one. So, um, we, when she put 
posted on Facebook that she had a new book coming out. Uh-huh. I thought that maybe she would like to do an interview about it. So I contacted her quite a while ago, and we finally got together on a time, and here we are. So we're going to actually play an interview that we had with her um, mm-hmm. last Tuesday. Yeah. So everybody, this is Sandra Bird and our interview with her. And we'll be back at the end to wrap up and introduce next week's subject. So stick around and enjoy. This is um, a privilege and an honor to introduce to you uh, a Facebook friend of mine, um, Sandra Bird. And this is really fun because we've interviewed authors before, but she's one of our very own Northwesterners. So we actually get to interview in our own time zone. So that's pretty exciting. That is kind of nice. And we do want to say, oh, by the way, I'm Rick, and I'm here with my wife and on Skype. With Sandra. With Sandra. But uh, I just want everybody to know that this is a very casual podcast today because, as you can hear, if you listen really carefully, <laughs> the the neighbor decided to mow his lawn right now. Yeah. <laughs> because that always happens. And yeah. so you'll probably hear our dog bark and our son talk. And it's just, I think you know, another neighbor's out washing yeah, their car. Sit down, have a cup of coffee, and listen to this. You can just join we in just with our family. join the neighborhood. That's you know, right. like Mr. Rogers here. It's exactly. a beautiful day. You get me to do that. <laughs> neighborhood. Would you? Could you be my neighbor? Hello, neighbor. Okay. Well, um, Sandra, <laughs> I'm sorry. I We warned you that we are pretty casual here, but um, we're just wondering if you could maybe share a little bit about yourself, your story, um, and how you got into writing. Sure. Uh, people always ask, uh, when did I know I wanted to be an author? And honestly, I think as soon as I finished reading the Bobsy Twin books when I was about six or seven, I thought it would be the most wonderful thing to be able to write books too, or be a hairdresser or be a waitress. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so I, I butchered a couple of Barbie's hair. It became pretty clear that was not going to be a workable solution for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I was a waitress actually in high school in Adelie, which I loved um, until I had to serve uh, tongue sandwiches, oh. at which point I wasn't sure I wanted to stick with that so much. Yeah. But writing writing stuck. And yeah. um, I went to college on a on a writing scholarship. Once I got there, I got scared. I thought, who am I kidding? Nobody makes a living writing books. Nobody gets published. I'm going to have a big student loan. And so I switched to uh, real estate as a major, Hmm. got out of college and took a job with a real estate publishing house and became an editor. And then Hmm. from editor, uh, got back on the path I I should have been in uh, all along. And and I've been writing full time for about 18 years. So that's kind of neat. And that's, that's neat because I know you're a mother too, and sometimes you can work from home sometimes, and you know that's kind of a neat thing to do when when your kids are little. Yeah, we went on a lot of adventures together. Actually, I mean, I think I had some guilt, like all moms that work do, and even mm-hmm. moms that you know work in the home do, that I wasn't you know paying attention enough to my kids. They were perfectly happy to have my attention diverted. Believe me, they could do what they wanted to do. Yes, yes. Yeah, but we went on some good adventures. I wrote a book that took place on the Navajo Reservation, so we went to the Navajo Reservation together and um, stayed with a mission there. We went to Catalina Island. Um, We've been to London, so it's been fun to have my kids along on the adventures of writing books. So you don't just sit at home and make up everything. You actually go do research? Come Come on uh, now. Yeah, I do. I'm kind of a research nut. I read I read a lot of books. By the time I'm done writing a book, I'm pretty glutted of that subject. Like, <laughs> I don't ever want to see that topic again because I've read so many. Although I could go back to tea and claridges over and over if that was required for research. That would, that would work. <laughs> that's awesome. That's well, awesome. Way, yeah. way to get into it. And I think that's what makes a really good author is somebody that's passionate and mm-hmm. not just on telling a story, but 
but immersing themselves so that they can tell the story correctly. Yeah, I think that that's what makes credibility. I mean, if I'm, uh, you know, you can always tell when you read a book, if the author is someone who is writing with authority, that's, you know, part of the author word is not that you have to know every single thing about it, but that you are deeply immersed enough to feel uh, comfortable and conversant in the topic, because most of the people that read the books that are set in the time or the place that you're writing, they are pretty conversant in that genre too. So uh, they want to make sure you're one of their own and then they trust themselves to read your book. Well, that's pretty cool. Now, I'd be in trouble if I did it because I would probably have to write about um, about kids going to Starfleet because I'm a real space cadet. <laughs> yeah, but see, <laughs> the, if you did do that, you would know the, lear- the terminology, that's the right. language, yeah. the interests of everybody that was was uh, interested in that, whereas a non-Trekkie would not understand right. that. Aye, so. aye, Captain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Captain Jane. I'll have to be Jane, right? Janeway, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Make Janeway. it so. That's exactly. Catherine Janeway. Very cool mm-hmm. chick. Um, I know way too much about Star Trek. Yeah, um, you do. And just, it's, it's my fault. It's, for years, we, we didn't have cable or anything, but we always had all these Star Trek videos. So guess what? We watched for fun. Yep. Yeah. Son's first words was Riker. I'm not kidding. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Number one. Yeah. Actually, my husband was in graduate school, and so he was gone in the evening sometimes when my when my son. So my son and I were, you know, at home when he was a little little tyke watching TV, and yeah, he he had Riker right up there. Yeah, Riker. Excellent. Good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, I mentioned before we started recording that um, I have read uh, many of your books. I've really enjoyed them. Um, And not only did I read them, but so did my 82-year-old mother and my 16-year-old daughter. So we have three generations of fans here. Um, And we noticed, you know, the first few I read were contemporary fiction, which... I really like, but I'm a history buff too. So I thought it was interesting when I read that you were doing a historical series. How did you find out about that? I found out on Facebook. Ah, Facebook. Yay, so- Facebook. Social media wins. So that people can find Sandra on Facebook. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Yeah, and you have a website too that has more about your um, your writing and blog and all kinds of stuff there too. You can I do probably share about it at the end if you want. Um, but how did you decide to get into like writing historical fiction? You know, I think I always wanted to write the things that I liked to read because you do spend so much time with the material. When I started out, I had a, a desire to write for teens and tweens because that's really when I fell in love with reading. And so I wanted to provide interesting, um, exciting, um, you know, wholesome material for teens and tweens. When I was done with that, I moved on to the French Twist series. Um, because I'm a foodie and I like to cook and I love France and um, a lot of the girls that I had written for as teens and tweens had written to me and said, thank you for writing for teens and tweens, but now I'm 24 and stuck. You know, what do you think? And, and that series came out of that. But if I look at my own reading, my own reading is almost always historical. So when it was time for me to move to writing historical fiction, it was because I wanted to write passionately about the things that I I love to read way into the wee hours. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, I have to admit that when I was uh, a kid in grade school, um, I really wasn't into fiction that much. Um, I mainly read biographies, like historical mm-hmm. biographies, and read the entire section of the library from Abraham Lincoln to... Frederick Douglass and all of Florence Nightingale, everybody I could find. I was trying to think of a Z so name. I, I couldn't know. think of anybody. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, Zachary Harris. How about that? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so, there we go. I, I mean, history was kind of always my thing, too. Um, as I got older, I enjoyed um, um, reading fiction, too. Well, I, and I, I would think have, it mixed the, bu- mixed the two together. Yeah. They're yeah. a lot of fun. I would imagine that doing research on a historical type of book compared to just like a contemporary one would be a whole lot different 
Oh yeah, it's amazing. The, the for each of these histor- these three v- historical books that I've written, two that are out and one that's not. Before I even start writing the fiction, I have a fifty thousand word historical outline. Wow! So because you know, someone in that period who's read in that period is going to know if something happened in fifteen forty two rather than fifteen forty seven, and the goal of any fiction is to keep your reader in the story. So at the moment they go, wait a minute, you know, that, that didn't, didn't happen. happen. Yeah. Then they, yeah. they're out of the story. And yeah. plus it's just, it's just, uh, it's fun if you like history. I think you'd be surprised, Amy, how many people that love historical fiction started as nonfiction readers. And even today, I love to read nonfiction and I love to read self-help books. They're just um, really interesting. But And there's a lot of lawyers who write historical fiction because you're building a case piece mm-hmm. by piece and in, in those whole things so um yeah and then i've read i don't know if you ever read gene platy or victoria holt books when you were coming up too but those were kind of the the next step the the baby toe into historical fiction for a lot of people cool well yeah. sounds like a a, a a very rewarding career and a lot of uh, you've you've learned a lot i'm sure over your years of of writing yeah it it, it it's I've learned a lot. It concerns my family a little bit if I start saying like whence came the raven or something yeah. so <laughs> yeah. I try not to talk like that in safe way after I've been writing in sixteenth yeah. century England all day. But yeah, it's been a total pleasure. I've I've loved it. I noticed after I finished reading The Secret Keeper, um that I kinda had thoughts in old English sometimes. Yeah. Like yeah. it was a beautiful day out. It, you know? it really got roughest. I'm well, telling you, I mean, it was. But I mean, I have. I'm a Jane Austen fan too, so I have. Like today, I was listening. Pray to tell, <laughs> dinner is served. I was listening to Sense and Sensibility on my iPhone while I was working, so yeah, <laughs> so I get a little bit of that kind it's of a time beautiful, period. It's beautiful escapism to go yeah. back to those times. I mean, yeah. that's the pleasure of reading fiction is to go somewhere and some place that's different from where you're at. Yeah. Very cool. Um, this last book I read, The Secret Keeper, um, it it deals with some spiritual themes, and and I I don't want to ruin any of the book because I'd like everyone to buy it and read it themselves. What's it called? It's um, The Secret Keeper, but you had one before that, and. That. Right. The the first book is called To Die For, which mm-hmm. is a novel of Anne Boleyn. Mm-hmm. And then this one is The Secret Keeper, which is a novel of Catherine Parr. And of course, those two women were wives of Henry VIII. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is uh, will be out next year, and it's Roses Have Thorns. And that's a novel of Elizabeth I, the first Queen Elizabeth. Hey, okay. now, wait a minute. Didn't didn't he, like, behead all of his wives? No, the the little ditty that people use to keep that track is divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived. Okay, all right. So and only a couple got this it. This last one survived, but she didn't survive too long. But <laughs> I can't and get she into that. Barely, she barely makes it out. She barely makes it she, out. So she did yeah, make he it was, out. Uh, it was it was tricky. She, she outlived he, him anyway. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so. So anyway, okay. I was talking a little bit about um, a theme in here that I thought was unusual. I hadn't ever seen this, um, but there was, it kind of dealt a little bit with spiritual gifts in it, in the book, and I that's all unique, right. Well, okay, I now think. you're going to have to explain what you're talking about because most people listening to us are going to go. What well, is a spiritual gift? Is it like getting a cross that goes around your neck <laughs> for Christmas? Or well, does it have Jesus on the front of it when you open well, it up? I mean, like people being divinely directed by God oh. in different ways, either through dreams or... You mean like people gifted, like like yeah. they have a talent or a, or, or a knack for something or a bent towards something? Kind of. All right. Kind of. Divinely I'm just saying, well, you know, you're going to have divinely. to explain yourself what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want to ruin the, you know, any plot of the book. But okay. but I just thought that was very unique because usually you don't have, you don't see a lot of that in, you know, like historical fiction that much. And um, I thought that was was kind of fun and you know you do hear about you know catholics and protestants in that time period but it was kind of um it seemed like there's a little bit more of a personal 
kind of twist to faith in in this book more than just the the corporate the, wrestling of the yeah, whole thing yeah. yeah well when i wrote this i mean i believe that people are three-dimensional i think we're physical mental and that we all have a spiritual component too so when i write books i try to present all of the characters in their three-dimensionality because i think that it makes for a more engaging read and it also represents humanity in a in a more you know realistic way as to what we are so a spirit how i would look at a spiritual gift is you know a spirit it's a gift in two ways it's like a baton so god gives a person a gift and that gift is to be passed on it's not to be kept for themselves it's to be gifted to someone else mm -hmm. so in these turbulent times for example if somebody the you know there's the main character in the secret keeper has the gift of prophecy so the idea of her gift of prophecy isn't just so she can see the future and make things great for herself or or uh, you know save mm -hmm. herself from danger she's given that gift for a reason and the reason is to contribute to the well-being of other people too which which puts her at risk mm -hmm. and you know there are other women who have the uh, gift of teaching there are wealthy women who have a gift of giving their money to finance ventures that um, wouldn't be financed otherwise mm -hmm. so it is a baton something has been given to you but you're not supposed to hold on to that baton you're supposed to use it mm -hmm. for the for the well-being of others i in the back of the book i said that in the tutor genre there's often um seers or people that have a gift of sight that's mm -hmm. kind of something that happens often in that genre to me i understood that to be the gift of prophecy and so um because the other women were using their intellectual and spiritual gifts. They weren't just, you know, sashaying about Hampton Court Palace in their beautiful gowns. They were actually <laughs> doing stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to show that they were active women. I think sometimes it's easy to think that they lived so long ago, they weren't, they weren't like us, but mm -hmm. they were just like us. They loved their families. They loved their work. They were three-dimensional. So, so that's why I included it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I don't, I'm not exactly sure about where to go from here, but um, do you have any other questions, Rick? Well, I have lots of questions, but I figured you were doing the interviewing, <laughs> so I... Well, I just... Um... Well, I'm curious. Uh, you write from a spiritual perspective on parts parts of your in your books and stuff like that. What made you decide to talk about faith and 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 God in your books? I think, you know, everybody does have a sense, even if it's buried or even if it's set aside, that we are we are spiritual beings. I saw this bumper sticker the other day that said, we're spiritual beings having a physical experience. <laughs> and I thought that was really good. I think yeah. we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And our physical experience is going to be fairly short-lived in the in the great span of things. Um, I didn't have a lot of spiritual grounding as a child. Um, yeah, I, to I told you my dog would bark. In the <laughs> I, think of the he, I think that was an amen. I think, I think it was, yeah. <laughs> That's right. But I did, I, did, um, I did become a Christian when I was a young adult, and that began to slowly cha change my perspective. I, I wrote in the back of The Secret Keeper that my Christian faith is very important to me, but I don't feel compelled to have to box it up into something neat and manageable or whatever. It's organic, just like any of my other love relationships. They grow and change and are realistic, and so I, I wanted to convey that in the books. That's cool. Yeah, I, I appreciated that because I think a lot of times people get um, Christianity confused with a organized religion, which right. it can be part of that. But, you know, particularly in our podcast, we like to talk about it as a relationship, just like you were talking about, that it's just just like the relationship i have with my husband or my children or my neighbor or my dog <laughs> jade, jade, jade is now jumping on me yeah <laughs> but it's it is part it's a a relationship that changes and grows and the more time you spend with with the other person or or in this case god <laughs> right. you know so um i thought that 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 was cool that i appreciated that in the books that the characters in the books 
were changing and growing and learning more about themselves, about others, and and about God and how God could direct them or sustain them, you know. And I, I just thought that that was really cool. I, I think okay, I think okay. if you can, you know, if we can break out of the what we expect it to be box and just say it's, you know, we in I've been married for 25 years. I have a wonderful marriage, but sometimes I'm angry with my husband. Sometimes we're fabulously in love. Sometimes we're distant. Sometimes we're close. Sometimes a hard situation brings us closer together. So I think that's true with my relationship with God, too. And I want my characters to be able to express fear or frustration or anger because you know god can take that and that's part of the normal course of a relationship and then when you see uh what things have been planned all along it just is a a beautiful you know fruit or blossoming of 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 your life and what's taken place okay i'm walking through the grocery store and and you don't look like you're walking through the grocery store. <laughs> I'm just saying wow, something. Wow, Skype is traveling. <laughs> it can't, you know, I do have it on my iPhone. <laughs> but, but we're I'm, actually in the studio right was, now. Well, let me ask my question. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, I'm setting everybody up here. I'm here sorry. He's a creative type too. So. I'm walking through the grocery store and I, I, I'm in the produce department and I overhear you talking to somebody. You're, you're, you're there too. And you're talking to somebody and they go, oh yeah, I really liked your book. And I go... I turn to you and I say, oh, you're an author. And you say, yeah, I sure am. And, and I said, well, why would I want to read your books? What would you answer? Well, I think you want to read my books if you're someone like your wife who likes history, <laughs> <laughs> who, likes history who wants to uh, be involved in the time. I don't write um, breezy books, but I think I write books for people who, who want to um, – maybe be challenged a little bit or, or think about things a little bit differently. Um, I think, I think if you like a package that involves a lot of different things, I have a thread of romance. I have a thread of history. I write about women's relationships with each other, whether it's 500 years ago or, or last week. So if you'd like to be engaged in a genre that's multidimensional rather than um, something that might just be, you know, just strictly romance or, or just right. strictly history, then, then I think they would appeal to you. Very cool. Tell us a little bit about your, your most current project that you're working on. Yeah, the project I'm working on right now, actually, I'm wrapping it up. They they shot the cover yesterday was for the, the last book in this series, which is um, Roses Have Thorns, and it's set in the court of Elizabeth. I have a very large portrait of Elizabeth in my office. I don't know if you've ever seen her, but she's she's not for the weak-hearted. She's <laughs> a strong character. So every day before I decided to, to there? write I life out, I kind of had to stare her down. Like She was looking at me like, what are you going to say today? And I'd be like, well, I'm going to say what I think I should say today. So... <laughs> <laughs> it was it was kind of fun because I got to write it from the um, perspective of her lady, one of her ladies. All of these books mm -hmm. I wrote from the perspective of the ladies because I feel like a friend knows our good parts and our bad parts. A true mm -hmm. friend is um, going to defend us and sees, sees our, our uh, better aspects, but also is willing to gently confront us on things that... Um, need to be confronted and I, I felt like I could get an honest look at the queens through their ladies and so this story too is told through one of Elizabeth's ladies. Very cool. It was fun to um, kind of picture Elizabeth as a girl in, yeah. in the last book in The Secret Keeper. Um, you know a lot of times when you picture queens or something you don't picture them as, as giggly little girls. <laughs> you know yeah. you picture them with authority and jewels and you know corsets and just very stiff and proper and and it was kind of fun to see her you know she's playing she's games the only and that is in each of the three books in in to die for of course she's born and oh, um you know what that means i'm gonna have to get yeah, to die she'll for be reading too. it she'll have <laughs> it on her kindle by the time we're done with the interview she's a baby and um you know she was about three i think she was three when her mother was mm. was beheaded yeah and uh so that was you see her as a baby then and then she's kind of a she's a girl and a and a slightly awkward teenager in a in a world that's hard for her to navigate in the second book and and she's the queen in the third book but it was 
when I wrote the second book, I knew I would be writing her as an adult too. So I had to make sure that I, I could capture in her teenagehood the things, uh, characteristics about her that we would see in her as as the queen and as the woman. She's the first uh, British uh, woman to have an era named after her, the Elizabethan age. That mm-hmm. was the first uh, queen, and her sister Mary, of course, was queen for a short while uh, before her but she she didn't reign very long whereas Elizabeth of course reigned I think a little better than four decades if my math is right so a long time wow that's great how would people get a hold of your materials if they would like to read some of your books um, where can they get them at Uh, you can buy them at any online you know Amazon or Barnes and Noble they have them for both Kindle and Nook they're I would love for people to stop by my website, which is just www.sandrabird.com. There's a tutor hall that you can wander through. And and, and Bird is spelled B-Y-R-D. That's right. Just so everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. So sandrabyrd.com. You can uh, see some of the uh, castles and palaces um, where the stories take place and uh, just poke around in there for a while. Have a good time. That's great. Fantastic. That's cool. Well, um. I, is there anything else that you would like to add before we wrap up for the day? I don't think so. I just, you know, I write for readers. I, I write for the, when I started, when I was, when I wanted to do this, when I was six, the the goal for me was to, to pay back in some way uh, for the authors who had given me so many hours of pleasure and still do. And, and that's still why I write to hopefully repay that debt in some way for the, for the authors who have provided me pleasure in reading so I I just appreciate everyone who picks up the books well we appreciate the fact that you are putting out quality entertainment for people that makes a difference in people's lives I think that is a a very noble thing and you're using your gifts and that's one of the things that my husband and I particularly my husband has had the gift of is encouraging other people to use their gifts we were youth pastors for over 20 years and we always like to see um, try to notice things in different people people, and encourage them to use the gifts they have um, because that's when I think we're the most fulfilled and yeah. and it it enriches those around us and yeah. makes the world a better place. It does. It's also when people are the most vulnerable is yeah. when they're not sure if they should press on and do those things. So it's wonderful yeah. that you use those um, gifts to encourage authors particularly because everything is so online now yeah it's mm-hmm. it's very public and upfront if people don't like your book if they do like your book if they think you're wrong if they think they're right whatever it's a it's a very public forum for authors <laughs> now I keep thinking of like that speaker's corner in London where everybody you know you can stand up on Sunday afternoon and say what you want and people can either huzzah and clap or throw a tomato that's right. kind of what <laughs> yeah so it's neat that yeah. you're encouraging uh, authors because uh, because um, we appreciate it. I definitely do. Great. Well, very cool. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being on the program with us. And we'll definitely uh, direct people. We'll put it in the notes here for the podcast as well as how they can get a hold of you and maybe uh, read some of your stuff. And uh, that would be very cool. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Sandra. Again, we want to thank Sandra Bird for being on the program with us, taking time out of her busy schedule to talk to us on the podcast. And, of course, you can get all of her information from where she talked about. And you've been to her website, haven't you? Yes, there's some really great um, blogs and things that she has on there about um, sharing articles on history. And if you're a history geek like I am, you'd really enjoy it. Very cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that was really nice and and kind of a dream come true for you to get to talk to one of your favorite authors. Yeah. That's cool. I think that's great. Yep. Wow. You're real talkative. It's great. Really works well for this show and you don't say anything. (laughs) Oh, well, um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I'm hoping to have Catherine come on next week, maybe, to do a few book reviews. It's it's interesting. School's out, but she's been working a lot more, so um, working two different jobs. And yeah. then she has to have her friend time, and you know, when you, when you have a teenage daughter. They're not home that much except for to sleep and eat and get ready to go out again. <laughs> so, 
So, um, yeah, well, we have a bunch to do today. and I see. Now I know why you're being all, you just want to get back to doing your I chores. I have a lot of things to do today. So uh, Okay. So, so um, sorry that you're not important podcast audience. No, you are. You are. I actually was sitting here you waiting are, for. You everybody. You are, everybody. <laughs> Remember that? Yes. What I thought was the most funny is that the last um, thing we heard an interview about about how they came up with that song <laughs> that they were watching some like Oprah or some kind of talk show and someone said you are everybody like in like goof I don't know but they it stuck in their head and they made like a punk song out of it <laughs> for Charlie to sing That's how hilarious. did we get off on that but, I don't know you started singing it. That's how come. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. Now it's going to be stuck in my head you all day. You are, everybody. So, so what, are, what are we doing next week on our podcast? Well, Where? I thought we would jump into what happened after the ark landed. Okay. That would be an interesting thing. How does that apply to our life, our everyday life? And uh, talk, kind of wrap up our series on Noah and then introduce our next series, Doom, 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 doom. So now we will all know what what would what we should do if we end up in a big boat full of animals on top of a tall mountain. Well, do you want to hear my actual thing? Oh, okay. Okay. Spiritually and metaphorically okay. and and type and shadowish kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Really, next week's chapter and and discussion deals a lot with what do you do after you've yielded yourself to what God wants for you by obeying him. And the catastrophe, he saves you from all this crud, like the flood or your crazy lifestyle or whatever has gone on. What do you do afterwards? Mm-hmm. What are we supposed to do? What what now is basically the what the, the conversation will be because so many people in their faith will go through a really rough time and they'll call out upon God for fire insurance Mm-hmm. And then they don't know what to do afterwards. They're like, well, well, now what? And that's we're going to actually see how the story of Noah parallels what we can do to have a successful journey with God in our lives or an unsuccessful journey. Well, yeah, I was thinking coming at the, the end of this story with Noah, there's, there there's, may be some things that we might not want to copy we might want to to learn from bad examples as that's well. That's what I'm as saying. That's where we're going to find yeah. out what the right and the wrong way is to live after you've been saved through a a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Interesting subject, actually. Yeah, yeah, you know that that is, and I. Well, some people are crushed from bad things that happen to mm-hmm. them, and others seem to use it as a springboard to thrive. And what's the difference between the two? And I, I know. Good question. I know too that sometimes, like there's this saying, "There's no atheist in a foxhole." That sometimes when you're going through a crisis, you'll call out with God, God call out to God, and even get into like bargaining mode. Say, God, if you do this, I, I'll, I'll go to church every Sunday, or I'll read my Bible, or I'll be a good person, or whatever you bargain with. But then, when the crisis is over, it can kind of you know, be tempting to just forget about your yep. your conversations with God and go do your own thing. It's very easy. So very easy to And kind that's of go typical back human that. behavior. All of us do that. Yeah. We'll say, get us out of this and then we don't really want to follow through with what we promised during the times when we were desperate. During our negotiations with <laughs> yeah. God. And and you know what not just with God, but with people too. Yeah. But you go in a way We'll talk about this more next week, but in a way, isn't it kind of arrogant to think about negotiating with the the creator of the universe? And yet, the Bible's full of it. Oh yeah. I mean, what did you say? Negotiating with the creator. Oh of the gosh, universe. I was gonna say what. What did sound, you think I said? You said the Bible was full of it. I'm like, uh, dear, that's kind of blasphemous. Full of negotiating <laughs> okay, with God. Okay. I mean. All the way through the Bible, there's people negotiating with God. And I'm going, really? That's kind of arrogant. (laughs) But anyway, we can talk about that next week. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got lots to do, I guess. And and plus, uh, we're going to have to update everybody on how cool our garden is lately. We'll have to do a a video tour and show everybody. Yes, which reminds me, I have to water (coughs) my back garden tonight. I watered the 
front garden last night, but we need to water the. We have a front garden. side and back garden. Yeah, except for on one side. The only thing I'm growing on the one side of our house that's next to our neighbor's carport is just ivy and weeds, which I need that's to That's our rock garden. We have to yeah. water that all the time. Yeah. It rocks. Okay. Okay, everybody. Have a great day. And uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us for Take Him With You. You can get a hold of us at takehimwithyou.com. Our email addresses are on there. And it's really easy to get a hold of us, rick at takehimwithyou.com. Or amy at takehimwithyou.com. We certainly appreciate any type of donation you can send our way. And we want to thank those that uh, give on a regular basis. And then we've had a few people once in a while just all of a sudden give us some money towards the podcast and we really really appreciate that and we have a paypal account set up just for that mm -hmm. and it's rick at takingwithyou.com is the email for the paypal plus we've got a button on the on the website it says donate yeah and you just click on that and you can you can give by your debit card or your credit card or whatever or your bank account or whatever you want to do through paypal coolness huh yeah so thank you everybody for listening we appreciate you Again, if you have any prayer requests, if you uh, just want to contact us, let us know how we're doing, or maybe there's a subject you want us to cover, we would love to hear from you. Please write to us today. Yes, that would be great. It's always encouraging when we hear from a listener. That's right. Now, shall we go out with the facetious song? No. No? Are you sure? Yeah. Because I really like that song. No. Are you sure? I've got it all, all queued up over here on my... Oh, they're stripey on my iPad. See, all I have to do is hit the button and... All right. See you later, everybody. This has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2012. All rights reserved. Don't be facetious. What was there also? What was the other words? I don't know. I have my headphones off. Ouch. You just screamed in the microphone. Oh, sorry. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Just put the microphone live right down on the counter and walked away. Bye. See you later, Aim. You can tell her heart's really into this one today, can't you? Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command and Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and autoexec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time, but more importantly we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in The Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block Podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes.